Second, you may not declare the righteous judgments of the Lord. And you may please be seated. So teaching resumes tonight on the fruit of the Spirit. And I go quickly to our main text, which is Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to be in verse 22. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit put these things in the Bible for our learning and not just to learn, but to do these things so that our profiting may appear, so that our lives will reflect the glory of God. The Bible is not just a compilation of dead stories. No, it is the word of the living God. It is the word that is meant to transform and to change our lives. And one of the primary places where God, and I'm going to be teaching this in the days to come, where uh, or how God works in us is our soul. In the soul, you have the mind, the will, the emotions. When your mind is being renewed by the word of God, such a mind is open to the possibilities of God. But when your mind is not renewed by the word of God and through the word of God, when God's promises come to you, you would think they are meant for someone else who is more spiritual than you, whereas it is meant for you. So there is nothing as powerful as a renewed mind. That's why in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul the apostle wrote, after he, he wrote in verse 1, uh, I, I exhort therefore, brethren, that you... Present your bodies, uh, you know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In verse 2, it says, to, to not be conformed to this world, there is a pattern of this world. There's the way that the world thinks. He said, but don't think like that. Don't be conformed. Don't blend to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, there are two key words there. Be transformed. Transformed one. Two, renewing. Maybe three key words, then your mind. Your transformation will come as your mind is being renewed by the word of God. Your transformation in every area of your life will begin to appear, will begin to manifest as your mind is being renewed by the word of God. And that's when you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the mind is key. I, I hope to teach on this really, really very soon. The mind is like a battlefield, you know. It's a component of the soul. It's like a battlefield. God wants to fill up that mind. The devil wants to fill up that mind. And let me tell you something. When you lose a battle, when you're going through, you will lose it in the physical. But if you win the battle in the mind, your mind is here. It's not in your chest. It's here. When you lose the battle in the mind, you will lose it on the outside. If you win it in the mind, you win it on the outside. So that place is a power place. There's a tussle for power there. A power tussle going on there 24-7. That's where Satan shoots arrows, you know? When they say Satan shot an arrow at somebody, it's not a physical arrow. It's a thought. 
A thought just comes. You know, you can be happy one moment and you're dancing and you're just rejoicing and all of that. And then, boom, one thought comes and then the next moment people see that your face is down. Uh, what's going on, Bobs? Say, man, I just, I just thought about something. Listen, many times we assume that we are the one thinking. No, many, many times, more often than not, it is the enemy that fires an arrow at you. You're believing God for something, and then all of a sudden, you're all ecstatic about it, you're all optimistic about it, and then the devil fires a, fires a thought, like, what if it doesn't come? What if it doesn't work? What if? Just what if? I mean, why don't you try to have a plan B? What if it fails? And it has not failed yet, but the devil tells you, what if it fails? And then you consider it, and then you allow it to sink, and it takes root. Then there's a problem. And there's every possibility that that thing is going to fail. But as it comes, that's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I want every scripture on the screen, please. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? In the natural, it's like concrete, like pillars that hold the building. In the natural. Strongholds there are thoughts that have taken hold in our minds. And sometimes they are from childhood. They are developed from childhood. Such that you are not able to think outside of them. You have a pattern of thinking. It's like you can't think outside of that box. Like you just believe in your family. You are always sick at a particular point every year. That's why you hear people say, it's our family sickness. Excuse me? <laughs> we don't get beyond a particular point in our lives. It's just the way we are. It's a stronghold. I don't get beyond a particular, I can't get beyond a particular level in my career because I'm, I'm Nigerian. Stronghold. Because I'm black. Stronghold. Who said so? You get to a point, you think, oh, God cannot heal me of this disease. Stronghold. And the devil wants to ensure that he erects the stronghold there and they stay there so as to keep you small. And it's all in the mind. Strongholds are in the mind. Oh, no, when I pray, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pull down those strongholds. No. How do you pull down strongholds? I'm going to come back to the fruit of the spirit, which is our main text. But look at this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Right? Next verse. Casting down imaginations. Strongholds have been defined now. Imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God says this. The devil says that. Which one are you going to believe? God says you're going to live long. The devil says, look at you, you're already falling sick at 23. Who says that you're going to live up to 40? <laughs> I remember one of our brothers. He's in this service tonight. Years ago, he came to me, a couple of years ago, just about the time he gave his life to Christ. He said, I think just before he gave his life to Christ, about that time, he didn't think he was going to live long. I said, why? It was just a thought that constantly registered in his mind. You know when the devil whispers to you, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die young, you're going to die young. Look at your family, look at your dad died young, your, maybe your grandpa died young, you're going to die young, I mean it's your turn. 
it's a strong, then it, you know, it comes as a thought, then it stays. It stays very strong. It holds your mind very strong. That's why it's called stronghold. But how do we deal with it? Casting down imaginations. How do we cast down imaginations? Father, in the name of Jesus, I cast down imaginations. Yeah, that sounds good. Prayer sounds good. But there is a weapon that is potent in doing that. The word of God. The word of God. It's not just, you see, sometimes people go up a prayer mountain, they fast 21 days to go and break strongholds. You come back and the holes are stronger. Because you think it's by praying that you're going to pull down. Prayer has its place. No doubt about it. And I, I will not undermine the power and, and the efficacy of prayer. But prayer itself must be rooted and based on the word of God. Otherwise, God himself will not even hear your prayer. Not that he won't answer. He won't hear. Your mouth is moving and God is looking at you. What are you saying? The only prayer he will hear is the prayer prayed according to his will and his word is his will. Now, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Knowledge. Against the knowledge of God. It didn't say everything that exalts itself against God. Everything that exalts itself about what you know about your God. And it is the people that do know their God that shall be strong and do exploits. And how do you know God? The Word. And bringing into captivity every thought. Can you see? Imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against knowledge of God. And imagination. And then thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Thoughts. They are all thoughts. And these things can keep you small. It's the reason people get into university and they think they cannot graduate with the first class. From day one, they just know first class is not for me. And yeah, they manage to pass out of the university. Someone else goes there and says, well, first class is for me. Yeah? Even if it's one person, I'm going to be that person. You begin to think like God. You begin to think like a child of God. You begin to move barriers. Move them. You begin to shift them. There are barriers around our lives, you know, on, on sin, in the unseen realm, that try to contain us. You've got to be small. You can't be bigger than this. You see some business people that are doing well, and you say, why don't you expand? Say, ah, let me just be doing my, my thing small, small like this. Oh, ah, as I'm making my bread and butter, I'm fine. Stronghold. That says to them, don't try to expand. You, you are okay like this. Complacency is a stronghold. Why don't you distribute flyers? Print flyers and distribute them about your business. Advertise your business. There are about 100,000 students in your school. Or say, okay, 1,000 or 5,000 in your school. Give them flyers now. Tell them about what you do. Ah, no, let me just be doing my thing. No, I don't, I don't want trouble. No. Strongholds. God wants you big. Mega. Can I have an amen? Mega. God wants you mega. The Jewish, that word is, it belongs to them. Mega. Big. Strongholds keep us small. Strongholds, if allowed, would want to extinguish us. The way out to effectively cast them down is for you to soak yourself in the word of God, meditate on the word, and let the word do what I said earlier. Renew your mind. Oh, there are international opportunities. Yeah, yeah, that's for me. I'm going to apply. I'm going to get it. Yeah, they're going to interview me, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Possibility. Now becomes your reality. Why? Because your mind is being constantly renewed. 
by the word of God. Your mind. Being constantly renewed. Every time, listen church, every time you go into the word of God, don't see it as a time of boredom or just you want to tick your to-do list for today to salve your spiritual conscience. See it like you're dirty every day and you go into the bathroom like we all do and we wash. Even though you had your bath last night, you still wash this morning and some dirt still come out of your body. Is that right about that? Am I right about that? Every time you get into the word of God, you are getting into God's bathroom. And this bathroom is not going to bathe your spirit. Your spirit is perfect, reborn after God. Perfect. But your soul needs help. Because in the soul, you have the mind, you have the will, and you have your emotions. The three of them need help, especially that mind. Now, as you get into the word of God, your mind is being renewed. As you meditate, and then you begin to see, oh, okay. So God said this, so I can have this. Oh, amazing. Wow. You know what is happening? The, the, the dirty part of your mind is being gradually washed away by the water of the word of God. Ephesians 5.26 compares the word of God to water. Say, by the washing of the water by the word. Can I have that on the screen, please? The washing of the water that I might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Because the word is God's water. God is going to wash anything off your life. He's going to do it by his word. When you don't get into the word of God, you have a Bible, but you don't read it. You are, you are, you are doing yourself a disservice. Open it and see who you are. Open it and get some washing. Open it and be empowered. Glory be to God. I just thought to give you that free of charge. So that somebody would love to read their Bible. Make time for it and guard your time. What I do now is when I get into my word, my phone is on flight mode. I don't want any phone calls at that time. I can't be hearing from God and I'm, I'm talking to everybody at the same time. I'm going to be distracted. And look, my life depends on this, not on that phone call. That phone call can come back. The time for the word is not time to be distracted. You don't know the instruction God is going to give you. And it is God's instruction that will lead you on to the next level of your life. And can save you from accidents, can save you from bad investments. So, quickly tonight, we're going to wrap up on peace and then I'm going to go to long suffering. The man Peter knew peace. So, sorry, Galatians 5, my text, 22. Galatians chapter 5, for those who are just joining and don't know, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine of them. I've spoken about uh, love, joy, and then peace. Galatians 5 and verse 22. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So we've dealt with love, we've dealt with joy, we've dealt with peace, but I want to wrap it up properly. Now, there was an account in Acts chapter 12, uh, verses 1 to 11. Let's quickly go there and see Brother Peter, who was going to be beheaded. He was going to be killed. All right? And let's see how he handled the situation. Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. This guy was, was a, a, a motivated by the devil to disturb the church, to vex the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. 
Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. That's like 16 soldiers to keep, to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So he kept him so that after Easter, it will kill him. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. When you are kept between 16 soldiers or among 16 soldiers, you are really kept. Now, but the church had a response to that. The church, but prayer was made without season of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, I like the phrase used there, prayer was made. That means you can make prayers. How do we make prayers? Get into the word. Everything you're doing with God, get back into the word. Get back to the basics. You can, look, in recent times, some scriptures have been speaking to my heart. And so I have a book where when the scripture speaks to my heart, I write it out. I write it in capital letters. I put the, the, the book, the chapter, and the verse there. Sometimes I put the date. Sometimes I don't put the date. I'm using those scriptures now for my daily confession. And I tell you there are treasures in this world. Powerful scriptures. I say, wow. Some of them I've known before. Some of them I was just seeing them. I say, wow. The Holy Spirit helping me to see them. Those things can be put together to make prayer. Are you with me? Make prayer. How? God, you said so, so, and so. And then you give it back to him. All right. Um, so, Peter was kept in prison, prayer, but prayer was made without season of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Guard yourself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gates that leaded unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. Automatic. It was not an automatic gate, but the presence, the holy presence of the angel of God. Boom, opened that gate, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Amen. Amen? My main point there, Peter was sleeping. How do you sleep when they say they're going to cut off your head tomorrow? Some of us, when we write exams, and you hear that tomorrow, the results will be published. You don't sleep tonight. Especially if you know that you really didn't do well. And it's a major exam. It's a core course, like they say. That's just the result of an exam that you can retake. Worst case scenario, if you didn't do well. Or maybe you applied for visa and they sent you a mail and they didn't give you, they gave you a blank response, like neutral response. Your uh, application has been dealt with. Please go get uh, <laughs> your passport tomorrow. You know, and then you have to find out when you get your passport, whether it was given, whether it was approved or not. Your heart will be up here. You might not be able to sleep. You might not even be able to eat. 
until you get there, get your passport, open it, and then, oh my God, I got the visa. <laughs> then the next thing is you're looking for an eatery, right? You might not be able to sleep. Rolling from one end of the bed to the other. Peter heard he was going to be beheaded. He was going to be killed. And yet he so slept that the angel had to smite him. Had to literally beat him to wake up. If that's not peace, then what is that? Peace in the midst of a most chaotic situation of his life. We have peace. Can I have an amen? If you have the Holy Spirit, you already have peace. That's why Satan always attacks our peace. Peace is like the centerpiece, just like the name. It's like the center, P-I-E-C-E, -E, that holds everything together. If you lose it, everything is just going in different directions. You just, you'll be surprised. You're not able to make sound decisions. When you lose your peace, you make stupid and dumb decisions that ordinarily you wouldn't have made. Peace is very important. In conclusion, King Jesus paid the ultimate price for our peace. And this is why we should never allow Satan steal our peace. He would try, but we should fight him off. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Isaiah 53. Your peace is very important too. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. The word chastisement there is being translated in other translations as punishment. The punishment that brought us peace. King James says the chastisement of our peace. Another translation says the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. If he took the punishment, then we should take the peace. Can I have an amen? He shouldn't take the punishment, and we are also taking the punishment. That would be a miscarriage of justice. He has paid the price. We shouldn't pay the price anymore. We should enjoy what he has paid for. Can I have an amen to that? But you know the way the enemy operates. It's like the goat of the beans market. He knows Christ has paid for it. Peradventure, you might not know. So he will take it away from you. But if you know, and he attempts to take it away, then you fight him off. You fight the good fight of faith and defend your territory. Defend your peace. How do you do that? By engaging the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hey, Mr. Devil, Mr. Defeated Devil, it is written. Christ already paid the price for my peace. You can take it. You cannot. The blood that paid that price is against you. And when you are dealing with him, you had better be bold and, and be loud. We heard that also during Junami's Papa Paul, you know, who told us that you, when it comes to dealing with the devil, it's not time for silent prayer. You poke your finger in his face and you shout because he's very stubborn and ruthless. And you deal with him that way. You got to be rough with him. Amen? If it means you walking up and down your floor, walking up and down the floor of your room in the night, get up and walk, baby, and speak the word and speak the word. That's why you should fill up your life with the word of God, not garbage on the internet. Garbage in will be garbage out. If you have no word in you, there will be nothing to say. I say, Satan, go, go, please go, go away. You even beg him. You won't know when you say please. And he likes that. He likes to be begged. And that doesn't mean that he will go away. He will laugh at you. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Get him out. Walk him out. Walk him off, off, off your property. 
and draw the bloodline in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Jesus Christ paid for our peace. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Romans chapter 4 verse 25 lends credence to that. Three scriptures we'll look at very quickly that lend credence to the truth that Jesus Christ paid the price. He paid the price. I should have the peace. He paid for the iPhone. If somebody paid for an iPhone and gives you on your birthday and someone else comes and says you have to pay for the iPhone, will you pay again? Come and talk to me, church. That's how we deal with the devil. You are going to be very aggressive with that person. Are you all right? Show you the wine in me. Is that not the language of this generation? Say, are you, all right? are you okay? I mean, I should pay for what? My birthday gift. It's my birthday gift. Glory be to God. Romans 4.25. The word of God tells us who was delivered for our offenses. Who was that person delivered for our offenses? Who was delivered for your offenses? Jesus. And was raised again for our justification. Who was raised again for our justification? Do you know what justification means? He died for our sins, for our offenses, our transgressions, our sins and iniquities. And then he was raised again for our justification. To treat us just as if we never sinned. Glory to God. We are now the righteousness of God in him. He was raised for our justification. We are now the just. We are the justified. We have become the just, and the just shall live by his faith. And the path of the just, Proverbs 4, 18, is as a shining light that shineth more and more to the perfect day. So things should get better and better for us. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. Chapter 5. Same Romans. Verse 25 of chapter 4 was the last verse, and then we can go on to chapter 5. Just continuous reading up until verse 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, so we are justified by faith. We are justified by faith. If you believe Jesus, if you believe that he went to the cross, and he died, and he was raised again to life for you, then you are justified. If you believe, you are justified. Some don't believe till today. They believe he is the son of God, but how can you tell me that he died for me? They don't bomb me that time. They never bomb me now. Over 2,000 years ago, pfft, I beg. Cut the crap. Tell me something else. Oh, no. And the devil likes that. And he has caught them to hell. We are justified by faith. When we believe. We believe the, only, the, the one and only begotten Son of God. When we believe in the finished works of Christ. And what do we mean by the finished works of Christ? His death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension to heaven. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Glory be to God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, God is not angry with you. God is not mad at you. God is at peace with you. You have peace with God. Somebody say, I have peace with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't mean I always get everything right. Doesn't mean I'm always perfect. But I have peace with God because I am in Christ. I'm justified by faith. So I can call God Abba Father. Daddy, What's going on? I love you. Amen. You can relate to him as your, your daddy. Relate to him as your Abba. We have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15. Abba, Father. He's my daddy. Why? Because the Bible says I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you go through yourself, no peace. Go through any other person, no peace. Go through your pastor, no peace. Go through Jesus, peace. By whom also we have access by faith. See, this kingdom runs on faith. 
Faith is the currency of this kingdom. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Grace doesn't make us fall. makes us stand. People are falling to sin every day. They call it grace. We stand. Grace makes us stand. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Can I have an amen? If you look at verse 5 in the Amplified Classic, it literally says that the love of God is poured, poured like liquid in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's one of the works of the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God in our hearts. You, you, you come to a point in your walk with God that you feel that liquid love. You just know that God loves you. You might not have money in your pocket, but you just have this assurance that God loves you. They say, hey, something's going to happen. God loves me. They remove subsidy. God loves me. I just know that I'm not going to do without. I know I'm not going to suffer. I know I'm not going to die young. I know I'm not going to be a derelict. I know I'm not going to be a failure. Why? Because God loves me. It makes me feel so special that God loves me. Glory be to God. Jesus paid the price for our peace. 1 Peter 3.18. Quickly, one more scripture. Oh, my God. Uh, I want to read that. Okay, let me just read. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. We were the unjust, and then he justified us through his sacrifice. And as we believed in him, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. This scripture simply lends credence to the fact that Christ paid the ultimate price for our redemption. And he paid for our peace. Can I have an amen to that? And tonight we can say that by his stripes we are healed. Same sacrifice for sin. Same sacrifice for our sickness and disease. Same sacrifice for our poverty and lack. That's why Matthew 8, 17 says himself took our infirmities. Lord, you could have sent an angel to do that. Say, no, I love you so much, I did it myself. I died myself. Himself took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Amen? And he carried all our sicknesses. And 1 Peter 2.24 tells us that he, by his stripes, you were healed. We were healed. Who is own self, who is own self, bear our sins in his own body. He didn't put it on the body of an angel. He put it in his own body, mm, on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. Live unto righteousness. Don't live to sin again. Live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. And if we were healed, we are healed now. Can I get an amen to that? So if we know who we are in Christ, then we will remember that we have a covenant of peace with God. Isaiah 54 verse 10. We have a covenant of peace with God. Isaiah 54 and verse 10. Let me show you something that the Lord said. He said, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. He said, but my kindness, the word kindness there is the word hasid. The word can be translated in several ways. It's a Hebrew word. It can be translated grace. It can be translated kindness. It can be translated loving kindness. Sometimes it's translated mercy. 
covenant mercy, covenant kindness, covenant grace. And every time you are saying the word covenant, covenant, let it be at the back of your mind, blood is involved. Blood is involved. People cut blood covenant and they will walk in the blood opposite each other like this, swearing curses and heaping blessings on each other. If my enemy ever comes against me and you don't come to fight for me, let all the curses this day be upon you and upon your generations and your generations after you. I mean, serious business. But if they do come against me and you stand up for me and you fight with me and you fight my battle, may all that I have and all that I am and all the blessings be upon you and upon your generations and upon their generations. Why do you think Africa is this way? Nobody understands blood covenant like Africans. Our fathers, our forefathers engaged pretty much in it. They fought a lot of battles. And sometimes they were, it wasn't all of them that were strong physically. Some of them were feeble physically. So they needed to cut covenant with someone that was physically strong that could fight for them. People that had ammunitions and arms and charms and all of that. So me, I'm, 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 I'm brainy, but you are brawny. So the brainy guy needs the brawny guy, and the brawny guy needs the brainy guy. So that if the, if the warfare is going to take brain, okay, you that you are feeble, but you have brain, you are, stand up for me as my lawyer. You're going to fight for me. But if it has to do with muscle, I have the bronze. I'm going to fight for you. So they cut covenant. Sometimes you see people with compound names, family names, compound names, because two families merged. For example, maybe the George and the Akiola family, and then you hear uh, Runke, George Akiola. Where is that coming from? Because the George family and the Akiola, I'm not saying this is so in every case, but in some cases, it's like that. They merged. They merged by covenant. And they swore. They always swear an oath. There's no covenant that just says, you know, okay, let's mix the blood. No, they swear. They swear. I swear. <laughs> you know that song? By the moon and the stars in the sky. And it's all a lie anyway. He's seen another babe somewhere else. But covenant, blood covenant. Sometimes they cut somewhere in the wrist and they mingle it. Sometimes they drain out some blood into a cup. A priest will be there. Drain this person's blood, drain this person's blood. In the same cup, they mix it together. And they give them to take a sip. So I taste my blood and your blood. You taste your blood and my blood. We are one. Blood is thicker than water. It's a language of covenant. Water is what breaks. The amniotic fluid is what breaks from a woman's womb when she's about to give birth. They are saying that the person you caught a covenant with is stronger in covenant with you than even the one that comes from your mother's womb, your brother or your sister. That's how powerful a covenant can be. When you're in covenant with someone, you can't run away when the person's in trouble. Trouble comes to the person, it is your trouble. Blessing comes to the person, it is your blessing. To your covenant partner. Marriage is a covenant. That's why we need to be careful before you enter into it. You are bringing all that you are and all that you have into this person's life. They are bringing all that they are and all that they have into your life. That's why in this church, before people get married, we send them, among other things, for deliverance. We don't know what you're bringing from where you're coming from. We need to cast out those demons. Fire! Before you begin to collaborate on the marital bed. 
But some people like to do something before they even let the church know. They are doing it behind. If sex brings you into a covenant, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. You're bringing everything that the guy has into your life and everything he has is bringing into your life and you're entering a covenant. But hey, apart from those covenants, thank God we have the new covenant in Christ. Amen. I said, thank God we have the new covenant. <laughs> Some of us would have been doomed today if not for the covenant. The covenant, the new covenant, institutionalized and ratified by the blood of Christ. Such that if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. But don't live your rascally life. God gave us a word, Isaiah, Isaiah 54 and verse 10. Quickly, 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 because I want to end this subject and quickly start the next one. For the mountains shall depart. God was saying this. The mountains shall depart, and God is a covenant-keeping God. The mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness, my hasid, shall not depart from you. Neither shall the covenant of my peace. The covenant of my shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. Be removed. Saith the Lord that has her seed. Covenant mercy on you. We enjoy covenant mercy tonight. May we continue to enjoy it all the days of our lives. Mercy, mercy. The mercy that shields us from what we deserve. What do we deserve? Death. Death, but glory be to God. Jesus stepped in, took our place, took our sins, and died, and rose again for our justification, and treated us as though we never committed any sin. This is the liberty of the children of God, but don't take your liberty as an occasion for sin. Don't go back and be building what you have destroyed. Don't build it again. You've destroyed it. Don't go back there. Don't go back to alcohol. Don't go back to gambling. Don't, don't go back to dumb things that you have left behind. Move on in Christ. Press on because there are many more blessings ahead of you. Glory be to God. I want you to look at this. God said, my covenant, my, 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 neither shall the covenant of my peace, my kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace. So we have a covenant of peace with God. When Satan tries to rock your boat, remind yourself, and remind the Lord, even though the Lord does not forget, but he likes us to bring his word to him and say, Lord, I have a covenant of peace with you. Amen. And you can take the communion. The communion reminds us of the new covenant that we have in Christ. I love it. In some churches I learned they don't take communion because they say it's a funeral, funeral meal. <laughs> Their own Jesus is dead. My own King Jesus is alive. And well, he died, but is not dead. He said in Revelation chapter 1, and I believe verse 18 now, I am he that liveth and was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Revelation, I said, 1 and 18. 1 and 18. Is that right? Okay, that's not right. Now, you can find that for me. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Revelation 1, shall Oh... I, I want you to get that scripture. I'm he that liveth and was dead, behold, I'm alive forevermore. Yeah, verse, yeah, 18, no, you know. It's 18. 
<laughs> I am he that liveth and was dead. Was dead. He didn't say I'm dead. He said I was dead. I am present. He that liveth, I live. And was dead. And behold, I am alive. Forevermore. King Jesus is alive and well. Glory be to God. He's not in the hospital tonight. But if you are in the hospital tonight, tell him, King Jesus, come to me. Come to my bedside. Raise me up. He will come to you and he will raise you up. He that liveth and was dead, behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Hallelujah. Why did he die for me? Why was this stripped naked? Why did he suffer such shame and reproach? Why did he bear it all? He did it all for me. He did it all for you. So what right does Satan have to harass me anymore? What right does Satan have to harass you anymore? If Jesus went through all of this pain and ordeal and shame, all of it, stripped naked, beaten, he had 39 stripes on his back, each tore his flesh open. Those Roman soldiers had this whip that were laced with sharp, tremendously sharp iron, iron and broken bones, tremendously sharp and incredibly strong. So they gave him one whip, one lash, it wrapped around his body completely and with their soldier strength, they pulled it. Imagine something wrapping itself around your body and it's full of blade, razor blade, and then they, they pulled it with strength. That's one stripe. Blood flowed in 360 degree dimension. Everywhere around him, blood flowed. One. And they did that 39 times. It's not the same nice picture you see on calendars. He had some clothes around here. Everything was just fine. He was just cute. No. Isaiah said, when he was on that cross, he didn't look like a human being anymore. They had so battered him, you couldn't tell that this was a man. From the crown, they drove down his skull, which had thorns, and not the type of thorns that pierce your foot when you're playing football. And you quickly remove it, and then you do laka and laka. No. Tremendously sharp and long, and they drove it down his skull, and blood flowed from his head. They smote him across the face, blood flowed. They shanked off his beard, blood flowed. They pierced his hands, blood flowed. His foot, blood flowed. He sighed, even after he had given up the ghost. His back, and then he sighed. Why would Christ go through all of that? And one crazy devil is after my peace. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Tell him, hey, devil, I know who you are. Get your dirty hands off of my life. Say that. Get out of my house. No. The blood of Jesus is against you. He remembers that blood. When they were looking for everything to overcome him and they found nothing. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives even unto the death. What does that mean? Confess till you die if you have to die. Never give up on your faith. Those who do it that way don't die. 
preach myself happy tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I love to talk about the cross. It's a bloody, bloody cross. And hey, this book is a bloody, bloody book. The gospel we preach today was purchased by the blood of Jesus. That's why it's not cheap. That's why the salvation of your soul is not cheap. Stop living in sin. Your salvation is not cheap. You were not bought with such perishable things like silver and gold. You were redeemed by the blood of Christ. You have bought blood. Money could not buy you. You have blood bought. A zillion US dollars could not buy your soul. It took the blood of God. Leviticus 17, 11 says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus gave his life. His life. To save us. Now we are saved. Don't let us be messing around. Any gospel that gives you room to mess around. It's not the true gospel. And those are the places young people flock to because they like to hear things that make them comfortable in sin. Everybody wants to sin already. So when you now have validation from the pulpit, oh, that's a nice church. Glory be to God. And the devil doesn't mind you going there. We will escort you to the church. We will follow you there. So don't mind that other person. No, don't mind him. It's just too legalistic. You're free. You're free. You can smoke a little. The Bible, is any way it's written in the Bible that shall not smoke? <laughs> you haven't seen people that will argue with you. So how can you tell me not to smoke shisha? Okay, now. Okay, now wait. If I smoke shisha now, does that mean I've lost my salvation? Jesus died for me. And you too, you think about it. Huh? When you smoke the shisha, it's not that your salvation goes out of the window, but it's not good, shisha. Tell me why it is not good. No, as in, you just, you guys are just too extreme. Like, you need to have a balanced life. You know, the Bible does not mean that you should not balance your, oh, you, you know yourself. When we get to heaven and I see you, eh, I will make jest of you. Because I'll make it. And then you think, eh, it's true. But come, if somebody smokes shisha now, does the person now go to hell for just smoking one shisha? That's the way the devil operates. Very subtle. Half truth is more dangerous than a lie. It sets you up. It's going to be step by step. And by step. And by step. And from Shisha, you move to something else. And then from that to something else. Until you walk away from the gospel. Until you build again the things that you had destroyed. We did not so learn Christ. There are things that are not written point blank, black and white in the Bible. But you know that these things are warring against your soul. Anything that doesn't draw you closer to God is actually taking you away from God. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sin, <laughs> but, it can, but if it's taking you away from God, then it's actually damaging your soul. Too much time on social media. It's not written in the Bible, thou shalt not spend three hours on Instagram. But your three hours on Instagram, you're not doing business every day. How much time does it leave you to get into your Bible? Now tell me, which one is going to help you on the day of trouble? Your Bible or your time on Instagram watching semi-nude ladies? And there are nudists all over the place now. It's a spirit. Oh no. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It's getting worse and worse and worse. What should be protected is being exposed. 
with reckless abandon. Like, I don't care. Thank God for Jesus. He did it all for us. So no matter what comes my way, I need to hold on to my covenant of peace in Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. Hold on to your covenant of peace. Jesus paid the price. Hold on. It's a covenant. As he was shedding that blood, he was cutting the new covenant. You remember at the last supper, he gave it to the disciples and said, this is my blood. This cup is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Mm. New Testament in my blood. That's why we need to go for knowledge. You must know. Isaiah 33 and verse 6 tells us, knowledge, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. On the screen, please. I have very few minutes. I want to wrap this up. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. And strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Go for knowledge. Get into the word. This is the book that gives you knowledge. Know what belongs to you. Some, uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 19 verse 2 says, And for the soul to be without knowledge, it is not good. You don't know what Christ has done for you. You don't know who you are in him. It is not good. Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Go for knowledge and you'll be free. Amen? Because when you know who you are, when you know what Christ has done for you, you will be free. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know make you free. The longest day we live on this earth, our greatest enemy is the devil. He will keep trying, but every time he keeps trying, keep defeating him because the defeated foe. Can I have an amen? amen? Never you run away from him. Your back is not protected. Look at Ephesians 6 from verse 10 all the way down. Look at the full armor of God. There's none for your back. So you are not meant to run away from the devil. You're meant to face him and drive him out. Stand on the victory that Christ has given you. Tonight, I go to fruit number four. I introduce it and we stop it there. And that is long suffering. Somebody say long suffering. Nobody likes to suffer long. Am I right? Job chapter 1 verse 22. The Bible says in Job 1 22. And in all of these, Job 1 22. In all these, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. We have a lot to learn from the life of Job. This man went through an ordeal. Misfortune after misfortune. Lost his business, lost his property, lost everything, then lost his children. And some Bible scholars have told us that this ordeal lasted nine months. Now, this could kill anybody. He had nothing left. He lost his wife. The wife didn't die, but he lost her. Because if your wife could tell you, curse God and die. What are you still waiting for? Your life is useless. Curse God and die. That's a woman who had gone. <laughs> and if you're a woman and you have a husband that tells you, what are you still doing in this life? Curse God and die. That was Satan speaking through the woman. Because that was what Satan said to God. Let me touch him if he will, if he will not curse you to your face. And he did everything. Job did not curse God. So he said, ah, let me rent the wife. The wife was available. When your life is not filled with the word of God, you'll be available. When you are empty, you are vacant. That means there's vacancy. The woman spoke the words of Satan. Curse God and die. But the Bible says in all this, Job did not sin. Why? Long-suffering. Even though you operated under the old covenant, long-suffering was at work there. Now, we have a better covenant 
but nobody prays for the affliction of Job. <laughs> Amen. Even just waiting on God for certain material things, when they stay too long, a man of God was believing God for the change of his car. He wanted to change his car for a long time. It was as if God didn't answer. One day, out of frustration, he told God, an American preacher, he said, if I were you, yeah, now, if, if, you, if you were in my shoes, I would help you. The guy was frustrated. He said, ah, give me a new car, give me a new car, you won't give me. Ah, but if you were the one in my shoes, and I were in your shoes, I would help you. <laughs> you don't know what preachers go through. I mean, when you are talking to the church, God will prosper you, God will bless you, God will increase you, and they are looking at you. They can see your shoes, they see your children, they see your wife, they, they know where you live, they see what you drive. Pastor, I don't know whether it's Pamoy God used to anoint you or, or, or Goya or Elo. I really don't know. Because it looks like what you're telling us is not working for you. Let's just, we can't say it, but <laughs> I remember the first time they told me to take an all night in this church. Not the first time to take an all night, but that all night was tagged prosperity now. It was Path that put me on the roster. Pastor Yofatoku. I reached out to him. I said, sir, did you look at the, <laughs> the topic? I've been taking all night. Like when they give me spiritual warfare, ah, yeah. Oh, good, the day. Oh, oh. You will pray. I will lead on that. You will not pray. You will pray. I will pray for one hour. Then I will lead prayer for one hour. Then that one, then I put prosperity now. I said, how can you? Then other person, do you want people to start laughing at me? I will come and say, now the title of our to all night today is prosperity now. <laughs> Who is on this stage, brother Fred? <laughs> you know what he told me? I'm serious, I'm being honest. Because I looked at my life, and I knew I was prosperous in my spirit. But it needed time. I needed some time for the prosperity of the spirit to manifest in the physical. So at that time, it would be sweet in my mouth. So I told him, I said, sir, you, you didn't look at Pastor so and so, Pastor so and so, Pastor so and so, they have Jeep. This one has skinny. What do I have? Ordinary bicycle I did not have. He laughed. Then he encouraged me and said, It is for a time to come. So you can share it as a testimony. He said the people that are sharing it now, who are now in prosperity, they had their starting point too. I said, wow. I was encouraged. Honestly, I was discouraged before. Prosperity now? I didn't know how to pay my bills. I didn't know where the next meal was coming from. I, didn't, I was trying to plan my life. Where will I get married? Where will I get the money from? How will it come? Everything was just by faith. By faith. By faith. I remember the night my mother-in-law sat me down and said, Now, I've been seeing you in our house. What is your plan for my daughter? I said, Mommy, I still need two more years. Two years, squaw. I said, Yes. I will need, because I looked at my future. I looked at my present. I would need at least some time to be able to stabilize a little, to take care of myself, plus another human being. 
But we thank God today. <laughs> Amen. The just shall live by his way. So if you are going through a dark time now, don't kill yourself. Jesus already paid the price. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is that you are dreaming, God will make it come to pass. Amen. To come to reality. To come to reality. There was a time I used to dream, ah, when I, when I buy a car like this, ah, I, will use, I, like, I like it when my, one of my cousins, ah, that guy can drive. He would, he would take me out once in a while in his father's Mercedes and he would use one hand. That was when I knew about power steering. You know, there's a difference between power steering and powerful steering. Some cars are power steering. Very soft to maneuver. You know, like Mercedes. My cousin on Parry Road there, number 20, Parry Road, UI. He would just negotiate the corner. You know, Iodeji. Ah, man. And then when I grow, I'll buy bears. <laughs> I loved it, man. It would take me to Foodco. Back in the day, Foodco was just one small shop. But it was for big people at that time too. Powerful steering is the one you hold with the two hands. There's no way you drive that one that you not grow muscles. Very hard to turn. You want to turn it, will turn you. You will have to turn with the car. Man. We thank God today. We, we, we can only but give thanks to God. Those were things that were forming dreams. Dreams and dreams in us. Can I tell you what? No matter how big your dream is, it can never intimidate God. I leave you with the scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. Give it to me in Amplified Classic, please. Woo, long suffering. It's not something that people like, but we have to learn it. Give this to me. I'm giving this one free of charge. It's not part of long suffering. Let's read it together. Amplified classic. Now unto him, who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, Desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Glory be to God. Can you dream it? Dream it. God can do beyond your dream. Someday, I'm going to be sitting down with the world powers in the United Nations. God can do beyond that. Someday, I'm going to be in World Bank in Switzerland. God can do for you beyond that. Someday, I'm going to be the director general of the World Trade Organization. Ngozi Okonjo, well, is there right now. God can do beyond that for you. Can I have an amen? amen? Dream it. God can do beyond your dreams. Long-suffering. Another word for long-suffering is patience. You find that in Galatians 5.22, now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. After that, peace is long-suffering. Nobody likes to suffer long. Can we look at James 5.11? I'll close with this scripture. It's time now. James 5.11. James 5.11. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. When you see the, word end, the phrase end of the Lord, the Lord did not die. Oh. 
The end there means the purpose. Give it to me in NIV. The Lord can never die. He is life and is the source of life. NIV. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance. That's another word for long-suffering. Patience or perseverance or forbearance. And I've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. No matter what you are going through tonight, it is not for your death. It is for the purpose of the Lord. And it is for the glory of the Lord to be revealed in your life. Can I get a good amen to that? Same scripture. Give it to me in NLT, please. NLT, New Living Translation, and then we close. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering, long suffering. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. Another word for long suffering is perseverance, is endurance or forbearance. You can see. How the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Whatever is not enough in your life now, which is what you need, God will give you more than enough. Amen. Hallelujah. I will delve into the topic next Bible study by the grace of God. And that should be next Thursday. If the fast has not started. What's today's date? No, the fast will not have started. So we'll continue next Thursday, by the grace of God. This is a very fast-paced world where nobody wants to be patient with anybody. You're driving on the road, you know how impatient people can be. They yap you, they abuse you, abuse your father. This fruit of the Spirit distinguishes us from the rest of the world. Are you with me? Are you with me? The fruit of the Spirit if we are like the rest of the world, then we are not like Christ. The essence of the fruit of the Spirit is that the Holy Ghost is working in us to make us like Christ. People are impatient everywhere. Patience indeed is a virtue. And that's long-suffering. How long can you suffer? How long can you endure a neighbor that is very nasty, a roommate, a classmate, a church member. How long can we endure them? The Lord grant us understanding as we delve into this topic in the name of Jesus. Please stand and let's bring this awesome service to a close. I enjoyed myself this Bible study. <laughs> I don't know about you. Did you enjoy yourself? The word of God is sweet. We should desire the word more than our necessary food. We should enjoy the word. Father, we honor you tonight. I have not spoken by my wisdom. The Holy Spirit has spoken through me. We return all the praise and all the glory to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, and the author of the word, and the teacher, our great teacher, our greatest teacher. We honor you, God the Father. We honor you, King Jesus. We honor you, precious Holy Spirit. And to you we return the glory tonight in the name of Jesus. And as we go to our various destinations, we ask that your presence will glorify.